0: Good morning. What a beautiful day. Could there be anything more wonderful than hearing our children's voices raised in praise to him? What an opportunity to worship. You know, there's a season that happens every year. Now, usually my husband Brent... Well, pay attention to me. Most of you know him. He usually will say more than hmm, ah. But there's a certain season of the year, and we're in it. What season are we in, wives? Football season. You're right. You're right. Long ago, and we've been married 52 years, long ago I realized I had to know what the end zone is. I had to know the 10-yard spaces. I still don't really know all the positions except the quarterback. So I said, you know, what am I going to do to liven up the conversation during this long season and so i asked google show me something in football and here ah it's little fuzzy sorry sorry so is my head when football comes on october 25th 1964. long time ago there was a young man named jim marshall and he was the defensive end for the minnesota vikings aren't you impressed that i know that thank you jim marshall was known for his speed 248 pounds how i remember that i do not know but 248 pounds he was a legend already and he had that important game on that day his teammate caught the ball fumbled it anybody know what a fumble is fumbled the ball jim scooped it up kept on running It wasn't called dead. He knew it was alive. And around him, his team was wild. The crowds were shouting. He could hear his coach, but he had his eye on the goal. Sixty-six yards, Jim Marshall ran with that ball. into the end zone. He threw it out of the end zone, and he heard two points. Now, even I know that if you take a ball into the end zone, that's six points, and if the person kicks it, it's another. What had gone wrong? Jim, at the instant of the fumble, had picked up the ball, gotten disoriented, and ran entirely in the wrong direction. 66 yards with everybody screaming, and he went in the wrong direction. And he scored a safety. Is that right? He scored two points for the opposite team. Let me just show you. Is it not going to? I need an advance on the slide hello thank you there he is I mean he was fast but here he is and this is his actual picture how did he feel embarrassed dejected discouraged I scored two points for the opposite team his coach Talk to him afterwards. What did he say, do you suppose? Jim, let's forget about it. Incredible. And he went on to play for 20 seasons in the NFL. But how do you suppose he's remembered? The one big mistake that stood out. When anybody mentioned Jim Marshall, oh, he's the one that went 66 yards the wrong way. But his coach said, Jim, let's just forget it. You know, we are in a race, you and I. The race called life, and we have a coach Turn with me, if you would, if you have your Bibles or your uh, devices. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. As Pastor Jaime says, amen when you get there, please. Anybody there yet? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially those sins that so easily trip us up. We fumble. We try to pick up the ball. We try to do it ourselves. And so often, we run the wrong But we have a coach, and Paul continues in his words to the Hebrews. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher or the champion of our race. And just like that football coach He says, my child, your sins, your mistakes, your wrong ways are forgiven. What a promise. I love it. Micah 7, 18 and 19, I think, are the verses. just—it It is just such a wonderful pro, pro, uh, verse because he puts all of those sins and he tramples them under his feet. And figuratively, puts them all in a box. And the Bible says he throws them into the water. They're forgiven. Hallelujah. And how many of us, though, want to go in our little boats and go to the place and fish and get those sins back out? Do you do that? Yes. Yes. We continue to fumble. We continue to go the wrong way. But He is so gracious to say, You're forgiven. You're forgiven. I'd like to just bring it around to the school that you see emphasized here. Because the goal might be to pass a test, get your spelling words right no 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 get your math correct learn this poem learn this song and those are good goals but the goal of our school and the goal of our educators our staff is to let them know the coach Jesus that's the goal what I'd like to do briefly this morning is just go through some Bible examples Just so you can see, and I ask to have the cross brought out. It's so central. It is everything. It is everything. This next slide, can you, I don't know if you can make that out. Can you tell that's a woman at the feet of Jesus? What is she doing? I'd like you to envision in your mind Mary. She was a prostitute. Why? She was lonely. She wanted to be loved. And people, men, loved her in the wrong way. She felt shame and she felt guilt. And then she came to the cross. And she came face to face with Jesus. And she didn't leave the same way she had come. She left cleansed and whole and loved and completely forgiven. Part of the bride-to-be church that we're all a part of, waiting for him to come. Mary came face-to-face with Jesus. Here's another one. Recognize that, maybe? Maybe. Who might that be? Peter. You probably knew because the little critter that's in the front. The rooster. Dead giveaway for Peter. Peter came to the cross. He was boisterous and loud and proud and crude. And he said, I will fish and I'll never deny you. Empty promises. And then Peter came to the cross. And he came face to face with Jesus. And he left the cross firmly in his faith, knowing that this is, you are the son of God. And he was one of the foundation blocks with Jesus the cornerstone in that new church. He left changed. Let's look at another. Who might that be? The Roman soldier? You know, he was jeering at Jesus, spitting on him. He formed that crown of thorns and jammed it on his head. And felt so superior to this incredibly foolish crowd who dared follow this incredibly awful and hideous lie that this man might dare say that he is the son of God. And yet when that Roman soldier actually came to the cross and came face to face with Jesus, he left a changed man. He literally exchanged that crown of thorns for the crown of eternal life. You can't come to the cross and not be changed somehow. Let me show you another. I don't know if you can quite see. The lights may be a little bit bright. But Jesus struggling with the cross down that road. And as the crowd was jeering and making fun, and others were gasping in anguish, there was a man. From Cyrene a foreigner visiting Jerusalem that day and he was bewildered at the chaos we're told his two sons had become followers of Jesus but Simon had not and when he looked at the bleeding form of Jesus his heart was filled with compassion why are they doing this to this man And so Simon literally came to the cross. And when he came face to face with Jesus, he was never the same. You see, he left that scene not a foreigner, but a child of God. He was adopted into the family. And he was never the same again. This one, at the foot of the cross, depicted, look at that. Perhaps that is Mary. We know that Mary and John beside her stood at the cross, watching and gazing. And there is Mary, the mother of Jesus, grieving her loss and anguish, remembering the words of the angel your heart will be pierced with anguish." And she watched her son there, and Mary herself came to the cross. And when she came face to face with Jesus, she left knowing not just her son, but her Savior. So even though there was a lifelong relationship with Jesus, there is still need for you to come to the cross. One more. On that cross, that day, there were two thieves that were being punished for their crimes. One of them had rebelled all of his life, pickpocketed, stole whatever he wanted to do. it was a good life, and he was going to do it. But as he was on that cross, and he looked over at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me. He had waited till his last breath to change his heart and his mind. But Jesus remembered, and when he left his cross in death, that thief had been changed, and he was filled with the promise of grace and peace and eternal life. He came to the cross and was changed. There are a couple of other wonderful verses I'd like to share with you before my last example We find in i want to make sure i've got this exactly what first corinthians 118 first corinthians 118 and then we'll look at verse 24 as well we are told that for those who believe in jesus who grasp him or do our best to do that oh father please See me as your child. I am coming just the way I am. Don't leave me unchanged. And he never does. He never does. You may not be a racer, a runner, an NFL player. You're just a human being like me, like all the others around us. And do you have as your goal the crown? the robe, the city? Those are all good goals. But isn't the goal for each one of us to focus on Jesus? Grasp him as our Savior. He never leaves and abandons us. He carries us if we can't run. He runs beside us if we're running and he'll gently or sometimes not so gently turn us around if we're running the wrong way when we come to the cross it doesn't mean that all of our days and all of our races are going to be fine Paul said I die daily it's a daily thing to come back and say here I am again Lord pick up my fumble turn me in the right way 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The wisdom of those that love the Lord is the very power of God. Verse 24, God through Christ has that power in us. Those are magnificent promises. Magnificent promises. And this is One more, what really matters? Galatians 6.15, it doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are, what color or culture or country we are. What matters is when we come to the cross, we're a new creation. That's what matters. We are a new creation in him. In fact, this is what our school emphasizes. This is what the staff does. Parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, this is why you have your children in the school. Because each one of these, and the others who may not have participated, everyone, everyone is precious. They may be in a different school. But you and I, no matter what age, no matter how little, no matter how tall, We are his masterpiece. God says this. Hallelujah. You are a masterpiece. You have been designed. You've been designed to play the piano or the marimbas. You've been designed to sing to him. You've been designed to read or or develop a poem. But you are his masterpiece. And you still have to come to the cross. And you still need to say, change me. Change me. One more. One more example. I recently attended a memorial service for an older man. He had lived longer than the biblical 70 years. He was in his early 90s but I had known him. I knew the names of his parents. I knew the names of his siblings, even his brother and sister. I knew his children's names. I knew where he'd been born. I even knew that he'd been trained as a teacher and a pastor. I knew a lot about him as I listened to the music and I listened to the life sketch, but I also knew more about this elderly man. I knew that he had chosen detours. I said, he had been running the wrong way. He had caused a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and a lot of tears. He had even left children, his children. So my heart was saying, no. I was saddened as I was remembering his life. And the music was beautiful and the words were beautiful. But then I heard a man get up to speak, and he wasn't describing the same man I knew at all. He was describing a gracious, loving teacher who taught Jesus Christ, who led people to Jesus Christ. I said, this is not the man that I I think I remember. They're describing somebody else. Then I remembered I had heard his wife. This was his fifth wife, by the way. But she'd been with him for 30 years. And she said, you know, Diane, when we got married and started a new life, I had said to him, forget the past. This is a new path we're on. And as I listened to the words unfold, and I heard about the people that he had touched, and the lives that he had touched, I said, he has been to the cross. And he has come face to face with Jesus. And he has heard the words, forgiven and he had died in peace. And the tears were starting to come down my face as I realized that this man being described was a man that I hadn't known, and this man was my own father. And as I listened more, to the incredible words of grace and forgiveness. I came to the cross. And I came as a little girl who'd been left, who was cynical and had been hurting all those years. But I, too, came face to face with Jesus that day. And I left as a grateful daughter. A grateful daughter to my earthly father and a grateful daughter to my heavenly father. So now I'm going to ask you the same question. Whether you're a young person, an older person, whether you've walked all your life as Mary's mother did, whether you're bitter, confused, cynical, whether you come doubting or boasting, however you are, whoever you are, whatever is in your heart, I'm asking you this morning, how are you coming to the cross? And when you do, and we all will, whether you have been in the past, you're doing it today, or you will but everyone has to answer the question, what do I do with Jesus? Do I worship him as my savior? Or do I walk away? So my question, what is the cross doing for you? Bless you as we close our service with hearing from our young people again. Delighted that they are here. Elder Cruz, thank you so much for the children and what you do.